Hey y'all, welcome to Somethings in the Closet podcast. Aleha, would you want to tell everyone what's so special about this episode? Bruh, it's our one year. One year! Woo! Yay! So obviously we brought my mom. Woohoo! <laughs> the third co-host of this podcast. <laughs> it's also just been a minute. <laughs> oh. I've been begging. She has been. So we decided to bring her back for a one year. This will be our Aleha, you sound so far away. Good. How about now? Oh, I can hear you. I think you just need to face the mic when you talk. No. <laughs> it's like broadcasting 101, right? <clears throat> I know, but I had it switched to the like. Uh, oh, you have that special button? Yeah, I have it switched to where it just kind of captures everything in here. Well, yes, but you still need to have the audio going towards the mic for it to be better. You might be right. You might no, be right. No, I know. <laughs> Shut <Broadcasting> up. <laughs> <101. laughs> You were on the other end of that shit, so like. <laughs> no, no kidding, right? No, I know you're right. As is, I I have like seen reporters when they turn around, they're like, yeah. So then he was, <laughs> and I'm like, guy. <laughs> they don't take the mic with them when they turn. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. It's very rare when it happens, but when it does, I'm like, oh, you tired, tired. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just a one of the two <laughs> if they're new i'm like oh no <laughs> they've been there a while and they just do it once i'm like yeah they're just tired mm-hmm. anyway Wyatt, you have spooky shit to talk about i have spooky shit to talk about that happened this morning <laughs> oh what was oh, my then- spooky thing oh i remember yeah <laughs> 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 what is the traumatizing experience I'm dealing with? Oh, I got I got so many, <laughs> too many things. I have experienced more chaos than tranquility in my life. So, one more demonic experience is just like mm. <laughs> it's a new friend, a new friend that wants to bite you. Oh, and not no. in a fun way. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you whore. <laughs> Do yes. you want to talk about yours first? Or you want me to go first? Wait, sure. Do you have a sponsor or somebody to promote? Or- oh, yeah, but we no. do that a little later. We do it later. Oh, you do? Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're well, it wasn't paranormal. Pretty sure. I came home like four days ago now, three days ago. I don't know. Some amount of days ago. And uh, I walked in and immediately I knew someone had been in my apartment. I was like, who was in here? The My kitchen light was turned off that I always have turned on. And I, for a fact, never turned it off. Never. Because I like the glow. It's cute. And my door had been like locked and twisted. So like it would stay locked. And I never do that. So... Anyway, it was very obvious to me that someone had been in my apartment. And I was like, okay, ha, 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 ha. And then I left to go to the grocery store, called my mom, told her. She's like, well, did you check in the closets and under the beds? And and I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
was like, I guess. It's such a, like, good response of how our generation (laughs) responds to that. Like, did you check to make sure no one is, no, I just kind of just decided to go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) I removed myself. (laughs) You have the opportunity to leave while I'm gone. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) and i tried to like fall asleep and this is i guess where the paranormal stuff comes in because like i tried to go to sleep it was fine whatever i hadn't really thought about it i looked all over my apartment no one was in here and i was in bed for maybe 30 seconds trying to like adjust and go to sleep i finally like lay still and i felt like pressure on my bed like someone was sitting on it but like on the side of my bed that no one can sit on because it's against a screen. <laughs> and then I felt something like tug my blanket and then I just shot up. I turned on the lights and I said, nope, we're not doing this. So where'd you go? Nothing. I sat in that same bed with the lights on, scrolling on TikTok and then texting your daughter like 16 different text messages while she was at work. Why he was texting you. Yeah. He was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't FaceTime him. Yeah, she told me that, that God, she's like, why just kept texting me? I said, Well, if he's texting you, he must need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's acting weird. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> so do you think maybe maintenance was in your apartment? Like just because I do do that during break, but Break's already over, but mm-hmm. maybe they just but he's in the dorm that everybody you can stay in, so they don't go. They don't, they don't go in. Don't will they let you know? They should be at least. I mean, yeah. they, you go check a fire. You know, what do you call it a fire alarm or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. they send out emails saying like, okay, hey, so you do get an okay. Yeah, you get a notification. You get notification. Okay. Yeah, and if you're not there, then you just you. I had to like do a fill out a form, basically say like, I'm going home. I'm not going to be here, and that's how they know who they should be in going. there. Or if they can just go in. Okay. That's the first thing I thought of when you said they turned off my light and then they changed the lock on my on my door. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I thought was it's got to be maintenance because I mean no one rampaged through your room that you could tell, right? Nope, nope, Nothing no one touched taken. anything. But I felt them. But then you felt that, so that's a different <laughs> thing. Oh so yeah. So what do you think, Wyatt? I don't know. Something. Is it is what it is. You're just going to go with it. (laughs) Yeah. So we've hit your trauma corner segment of the For sure. (laughs) What the most traumatic thing that happened to me this week was having to walk up a steep hill that was covered in snow. And I thought that was horrible. And then I had to walk up that same hill later that same day when it had been paved and it was just ice. Trying to get up the steep hill while every other step I'm sliding down. Was this to get to class? No. It was supposed to get home from my friend's house. Ew. I'll go to that friend's house. Do you know that street that like leads to the grove where the Dutch Bros is? Yeah. The one where all the frat houses are and it's that steep hill? Yeah. (laughs) You know that one? Yeah. You're dumb. She lives no. on that street. No, well, <laughs> no friend is worth that trek. No, I mean, unless I'm making you a home meal and giving you a bottle of wine. She gave me a cup of coffee that was spiked with Kahlua and a homemade blueberry muffin bar. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> eh. Still not. I don't think that was worth it though. <laughs> 
I mean, I'll walk in the snow, but I mean, not up a hill and on ice to do mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I forgot my gloves at her house, so the walk back was horrible. Just slide on your butt. <laughs> you should have just taken the sled or one of those little discs. So <laughs> just slid down it. Yeah. I fear I would not have been able to stop. Can you imagine? That'd be fun. That would be fun, though. Exactly. Except that street keeps going straight into a brick wall <laughs> on campus. And you have a your stopping point. <laughs> you don't see the possibilities here. It's not like you're going into oncoming traffic. Yeah. You're going into a stopping point. You know where you're going to end. You have to pass multiple intersections to get there. <laughs> then you gotta hope you're going no. fast enough. You hold a yoga ball. What? <laughs> That'll pop. That's your bumper. No, it's oh. your bumper. What she just said. <laughs> See, I should still be a kid. I think of the clever things that. This is so innovative, and you didn't think of it. <laughs> Can you imagine? He walks up there carrying the disc and, and the, yoga, the ball. yoga ball. She's just like, "What the fuck is that for?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it. It's how I'm gonna get back home." <laughs> and she just sees you. <laughs> Set yourself up on that little hill. And you tell everybody, pull your phones out. TikTok this bitch. <laughs> oh no. TikTok this bitch. <laughs> That's what you do. That's okay. a new sticker. I need to make TikTok this bitch. <laughs> well, how do you say it? Just TikTok it or just going off of what I would say? You can record it on just, TikTok. Just take, oh, a, take a TikTok. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> TikTok this bitch. <laughs> Should be like a little Zach Bagans holding a phone, like pointing at a ghost. TikTok this bitch. <laughs> TikTok this bitch. <laughs> Aleha, what's your haunted thingy? Oh my god. Okay, so this morning, <clears throat> I got up and I went to the bathroom. Can you just stop right there? What? Just a minute. Second. Oh, okay. I want to clarify. It was not this morning. It was this afternoon. Yeah. Oh. It was my morning. Call her out. <laughs> Call her ass out. <laughs> Aleha is a little night gremlin. She sleeps all day. This morning, she says. It was this my morning. morning. It was like morning what? Three p.m. I wake up. No. Is it like two hours ago? Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, four. Yeah. So this morning, okay. That's why I you never text up, back. I got up at two <laughs> in the afternoon <laughs> to be more specific. That was that's three p.m. my time. <laughs> I got up at two in the afternoon. <laughs> Five o'clock. Let's bathroom. be realistic. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. And you go to your bathroom. You go to your bathroom. Went to my bathroom, did my thing, and I was about to wash my hands, and I just heard my mom say, remember now, or remember that, something like that, but the key word was remember, and I was like, what'd you say? And I didn't hear anything, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> and I was, I think I said something like, well, hold on, let me wash my hands, so I was washing my hands, and then I opened the door, and she's not there. Um, my cat was sitting out there, just kind of like staring at me. And the room in my brother's door was open, but I looked in there and he was still like kind of knocked out. So I was like, okay. Maybe it runs in the just... family. Yeah. Um... So sorry. So sorry. I'll shut up. 
So I'm like, okay, I guess she didn't hear me. So she just took off. So then I come downstairs and I'm like, mom, were you outside my bathroom? Would like, what do you want? And she was just like, I haven't been upstairs in the last 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, then who the fuck was talking to me through the bathroom? Had she opened the door, she would have found out. I wanted to wash my hands first. Was oh, What if it was like you hearing into an alternate timeline and like there was just a little glitch? I maybe, mm. but like, hear me out. There's there's already weird shit going in my bathroom that I've already talked about on here. I like, know. When, what if like, it's a portal, an entry point to an alternate world? That's shitty. <laughs> That's a shitty place for a portal. So does the portal open up when you flush the toilet? <clears throat> but you gotta be sitting on it when you flush the toilet. It's when she looks in the mirror, because she's oh. always there when she's doing her makeup, when she's trying to wash her hands. So you're looking at that other version of yourself. Both of you are in the same place at the same time. So you'll experience that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing things. I wanted to say mimic, but that's basic. I always go to demons. I mean, it's a pretty solid explanation, though. It's still just weird. Alternate reality? Or Um, mimic? (laughs) Or both. I don't know. Either way, if something is mimicking my mom in my house, terrifying... Or if um, I'm just, like, hearing shit, also terrifying. But it was so clear. It sounded exactly like her, and it sounded like she was right outside my my bathroom door. What do you think it is? I don't know. I mean, when she said that, I I had been up there probably, like, 15 minutes earlier. Um, I was doing laundry. I checked in on Aiden. And I didn't check in on her because it's, I knew that she was sleeping in. So I didn't want to you know, bother her. And I went back downstairs. So when she came down and told me this, I thought, well, maybe you heard me talking to Aiden. And she goes, no, this is what I heard you say. And it was also like just right now. Like as soon as I, I didn't go in my room and hang out in my bed for a little bit. I washed my hands, realized she wasn't there. And I went straight downstairs. So it, it was maybe like two minutes after I heard it. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of, I mean, I think your explanation is pretty good. I like it. I, I, I do like it. It's fun. Alternate dimension? <laughs> yeah, said you're on drugs. Oh, yeah. My dad just said I was on drugs. So, <laughs> that could perhaps also be it. <laughs> you're in the news now, so. Isn't that a right of passage? I don't know. I, it's, it's weird, but maybe, I, I mean, maybe she was thinking, okay, mom's going to be, you know. I mean, she had heard me earlier talking to Aiden, and she had it in her mind. Oh, she's up here. And then in her mind, she's already anticipating me telling her, hey, remember, we have an appointment at 3.30. And maybe that's what was in her. You know what I mean? It's kind of like already like. Clear audience. What's clear audience? What the hell is clear audience? You can hear the future or senses. Like you can hear things that haven't happened yet, or you can hear thoughts, or you can hear spirits. See, I like that better. I don't like that. That's not fun for me, homie. <laughs> I well, like you heard the, the future. universe one. I don't want to know the future. I enjoy ignorant bliss. It's pretty nice. Aleha, what was your top three episodes from this past year? Ooh. I would say the trickster spirit with my mom. Mm-hmm. Still one of our top episodes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? I need to look at the list because I feel like I'm just thinking of like 
just episode ideas and not like the actual episodes themselves. You know what I mean? Let's see. I think my favorite was the one with um, the, I forgot the name of the, the person who claimed to be from the future. John Teeter. Yeah, yeah, that one was good. I'd say that one's in my top three too. So yeah. John Teeter, Trickster Spirit, and oh, you know what? The um, either the Zozo Demon or Legend of La Llorona, whichever one we ended up at the lake for, which I think uh, was La Llorona. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, with that one ending up at the lake for the sake of the episode was that that was just fun. <laughs> And then we couldn't even hell. use the audio. I know, <laughs> but it was an adventure. <laughs> and you know, this season the Men in Black have been after us the entire time. Oh, one hundred percent. That's why I didn't say that one was my favorite. Men in Black. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I saw that or listened to that one. Sounds familiar though. Since we did that one, we've been having nothing but issues with this podcast, Loki. Since we started. <laughs> it was the Zozo Demon just coming for us at episode three. Well, okay. See, here's... See, last... This whole year of this podcast has been... Which things could we talk about and could potentially attract them to us? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Yes. And now we need a whole new set of things to talk about to attract to us for this year. That's the goal. That's your um, New Year's resolution? Invite Attract more spirits? More spirits. <laughs> no, not intentionally. <laughs> but they, they make for the most interesting episodes, so why not? Oh, we barely scrape the surface of all of the awesome stories we could tell. I'm so excited. Exactly. We're doing <clears> great. <throat> and it's fun. We haven't hit... How many weeks are in a year? 48? I don't know. Probably 48. Couldn't tell you. Okay, well, we're not exactly at that because of how many breaks we had to take, but it's still been a year since we started the podcast, so that's what we're celebrating. It's been a year. (laughs) This episode is the last episode in season one, okay? I don't care what you people say. It's done. And now moving on to season two. A new new, new season every year? Yes. Um... I think my top three episodes are... Let me pull up Anchor really quick. Told you, you need the list. Um, oh, How Vampires Came to America. That was one of my favorite episodes. Mm. Also, just because we roasted you for having that weird book and being in a Twilight cult. Oh, yeah, I got roasted for childhood memories I thought I repressed. <laughs> I guess I gotta listen to that. No, don't. <laughs> Phantom Limbs. You're, um, you like that one? Yes, that episode yeah, was so good. Yeah, because then we became, then we so, we basically solved two like serial killer cases. We sure did, Ashley Flowers. I say again, who? <laughs> She ain't got nothing on something in the closet. <laughs> we solving cases, bitch. <laughs> She's talking about them. She tells you the story. <laughs> you guys solve them. 
I'll just get like a cease and desist for <laughs> the next week. <laughs> this is and true. <laughs> I think my last. I'm torn. I'm gonna do four. So injured, cold, and then Israel Keys. Yeah, Israel Keys. Ooh, you! I can't believe you liked Israel Keys. You seem so disturbed by that. Exactly. It's disturbing. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad. We couldn't sponsor it, but you know. Let's not. Let's not sponsor. Keep that episode unsponsored. It's still a little too fresh. That shit just barely happened. But yeah, and let's take a look at what were the listeners' top uh, episodes as well. Yes. So top episodes, I guess we can just read them all. Top 10 episodes. Number one is Shadow People. Number two Ooh. is Black Eyed Kids. Number five is The Zozo Demon. Nope, that's number three. <laughs> Can't count, guys. <laughs> <laughs> number four is Israel Keys. Uh, number five is Broadcast Mysteries. Number six is Antrim. Uh, number seven is John Teeter. Number eight is the Trickster Spirit of the Southwest. Uh, number nine is the Staircases in the Woods. And number 10 is the Ouija board. How to use it and whatever other clickbaity thing I added to the title. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see our episode title for um, uh, episode 35? I don't think I did. Wait, hold on. What's episode 35? It's the Midnight Game. So I titled it How to Play the Midnight Game and the 11 Mile Ritual. Just to get those little preteens clicking on it. (laughs) And then we have, have we talked about this before? We don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Still don't know. Still don't know. (laughs) Okay. I think I think more people need to pay attention to our descriptions um, because they're all kind of gold. For example. Your descriptions are gold? I think they are. Did you take my description out of the Atlanta child murders? No. Where, where did it go then? Did you ever write one? I did. I wrote one saying how Atlanta... <laughs> Elena tells Wyatt about the Atlanta child murders. No sources for this episode because she became obsessed with it and remembered every aspect of it. Oh, I do remember that. I don't know where that went. Yeah, that was on that one. And then, of course, we have the... Oh, wait, no. This one, I think I wrote it the same to this, and then maybe I didn't publish it, but it was for the Slenderman stabbing where I said, Elena shares middle school trauma and also tells why about the Slenderman stabbing that shocked the country. This is a true crime episode that deals and that does discuss matters of mental health. Source, Elena was obsessed and memorized details of the case over the years. She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love how your sources are just, like, vague. They're like, my memory, (laughs) I'm my obsession, my mom... (laughs) we haven't had we haven't had a good source aleha's mom moment in so long yeah and i do like that it's been a while my mom hasn't really there hasn't been something that i've like no what it is why is that because of the schedule she keeps now we really Mm -hmm. don't talk yeah and if we do talk we talk about gossip (laughs) <laughs> you know, she's been doing at work yeah mm-hmm. you know that that's about it and then, and then you know i don't see her 
Yeah. Well, we need to have an Aleja's mom moment, so I suggest we start watching all of the History Channel weird documentaries. All of the History <laughs> Channel. <laughs> oh, I saw this new documentary. Oof. It's the uh, it's, it's the new one by um, what's his name? Dave Pilates. 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 That sounds like Pilates. Yeah, I think I'm, I. I don't think you have the right name. It doesn't matter. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's the missing four one one. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, because he did the he did two other ones, and I watched them on Amazon. They're on Amazon, mm-hmm. and the UFO one is also on Amazon. But I rented it for I don't know six bucks, and I watched it. It was good. Anything has to be better than Sir No Face. <laughs> that one was just kind of funny. Yeah. No offense fun. to the creators of Sir no, Sir no Face. I just I just have beef. I mean full offense because we have beef. It's a decent story. I think they just kind of muddled it up. Now, Wyatt, do you have a horror movie for our continued attempt to get Shudder to sponsor us segment? I have a horror TV show that just came out. I watched the pilot of. Oh, let's do that then. How about a horror TV? I'm I'm good with you to go for a horror TV show. Okay. Okay, ready? No, but let's do this. Ready? One, two, go. All right, I'm going to be talking about the Mayfair Witches, which is a new AMC Plus and Shutter original. Um, it's an adaption of the Anne Rice novels, and I will tell you the first episode. I had no idea what the hell was going on. They showed three different women who I thought were all supposed to be the same person or were the same person because they're all extremely pale with freckles, ungodly blue eyes, and pin straight dark black hair. They looked so plain. I thought it was the same person. So I was confused the majority of the time. No, they are in fact three different people that I was watching. (laughs) And I couldn't understand the story. I never read the books before. Um... There seems to be a a very disturbingly large age gap um, and kind of predatory behavior between like a romantic partnership. It's like a ghost and a 16 year old girl, but he's been watching her and he was watching her mother before her. So he's like super old and she kept telling him things like, you know what I want from you and I can't have it. And it was really gross and disturbing. Couldn't really get past it. Um, and I'm I, overall, I'm just confused, but I love the colorization, the color grading of the uh, movie. It's really, or the show, it's good. Um, writing, it's an AMC original. It is what it is. And that's <laughs> all I have to say on it. Dan, you still have 20 seconds to go. Yeah, well, I was not prepared. I recorded, I re- I recorded <clears throat> the show, but I haven't watched it yet. Hmm. I figured I'd wait till I got like at least three or four episodes under the belt and then mm-hmm. dive in. How many spooky bitches out of ten? <laughs> um, I am not unimpressed with it or very impressed with it, so I'm just going to give it a five. Okay, so right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. I love that. If there was like two episodes, I'd be able to like judge it better. So for this one year episode, 
we're going to be reading, we haven't done this in a while, but true, supposedly true scary stories from Reddit and discussing whether or not they are true and or what and or what anything in any of these stories could have actually been or, you know, try to come up with explanations for these stories. I have like five. <laughs> I don't know. How many do you have, Wyatt? Oh, like five or six. Okay. I think one of mine is actually extremely short, but I picked it because it was fun. So it's called What Was He? It was posted by user, Reddit user PrettyBird78. I have quite a few paranormal encounter stories to share from the time I was an exotic dancer in Canada. This one is one of the most bizarre and honestly one of the most terrifying. I was scheduled to work in a town in northern British Columbia called Williams <laughs> Wait, did you say northern Arizona? Northern British Columbia. People. Oh, I was like, wait, I thought we were talking about Canada. We are! <laughs> you guys are being stupid. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, okay. okay. exotically in the background. Stop. They can't even see you. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. It was my first show of the week, early Monday afternoon, and the bar was mostly dead. While on stage, I noticed and locked eyes with a very attractive gentleman at a table from back just first row. I say, I say attractive, but what I really mean is gorgeous, like unbelievably gorgeous. Perfect features, blonde curls, and incredible piercing blue eyes. He was the kind of attractive where Brad Pitt in his heyday would have paled in comparison. So basically, my mother's type. I finished my four-song set as I was leaving the stage, and he invited me to come sit with him. I had always been a steadfast, monogamous girl who, despite my occupation, did not stray. But I won't lie, this gorgeous man could have persuaded me. I went to the table, which was a circle bench, and sat down beside him. The moment I did, a wave of fear and dread hit me. It was so strong, my gut instantly turned to ice, and I could feel my energy being pulled from my solar plex region out of my body. I was so scared I had yet to speak when all of a sudden, the guy looked right in my eyes and asked, what do you think of me? <clears throat> Looking at his eyes, that although a beautiful shade of blue, were completely devoid of a human soul. I replied, honestly, you terrify me. You feel ice cold, and looking in your eyes, I don't see a soul. I'm not entirely sure you are a human being. It wasn't till later when I wasn't until later when I replayed the event in my mind that I realized how awful of a thing that would be to say to a human. I should also add that sadly, I have had the misfortune to meet truly evil people in my life, like really bad people that have or should have had to spend the rest of their life in prison. They have eyes that show what they are, but every single one of them still had a soul behind those eyes. Then something happened, which has only ever happened to me one time since. I was transported, not physically of course, but all of a sudden, I was no longer seeing him or the bar. I was instead looking down at what appeared to be my own hands, except they were not as they were the hands of a man, but these hands were choking the life out of people. Their faces changed under their hands. There was a metal-aged woman with a bob haircut, a bigger, older black man, a young blonde. The people kept changing every few seconds while these strong, masculine hands that in the vision appeared to be mine stayed wrapped around their throats. And then it was over. I was still where I had always been, sitting at the table with whatever this thing was. He was looking at me really intently, and I know this seems insane, but I swear he knew what I had seen. He answered my last comment about not thinking he was a human being. I'm trying to learn to be human, he said. 
I can't help you with that, I answered back. I quickly signed the poster I had brought for him and excused myself as fast as I could. I was still frightened and shook up as I walked away. On the way out of the bar, I crossed paths with the other dancer, my friend Michaela. She took one of my white she, she took note of my white face and wild eyes and asked me if I had been sitting with the gorgeous guy. I replied, yes, I had. There's something weird about him, she replied. He gave me the creeps. Might just have been the understatement of the century. I have spent time wondering what exactly he was. I am still to this day not really sure. But one thing I am certain about is that that beautiful blonde stranger was not human. Thoughts? Uh, I thought of injured cold. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How he was trying to learn about humans and how to pass as human. Mm-hmm. And, and they have like weird, he has like weird mannerisms or whatever. Yeah, and my other thought was I don't remember what this creature is actually called. It's a demon. It starts with a V. Um, but they show him in the television show Charmed, the reboot, and he sustains himself off of validation from women, and like he forces them to like tell him that he's pretty and stuff so i got that when you said like um oh what do you think of me yeah that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what i was getting i mean a lot of the like comments and stuff and whatnot we're talking about him being a demon or like one step further he's actually like a fallen angel so not necessarily Hmm. a demon he's this celestial being but she also had a vision of, like, him killing people, right? She never said it was his hands. So she just had that vision while she was talking to him. But she never said, like, I, you know, compared his hands. She never said that. She could have and just not mentioned it, though. Hmm. I don't know. What is it? What does your mother think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an alien. Only because you hear about, I hear, I've read, that um, alien, there's a lot of different kinds of aliens who live apparently on this planet or visit this planet. There's like all kinds of variations. They live, they visit, they've been here, whatever. And one of their fascinations with human beings is that human beings have a soul. And they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I possess a soul? How do I get a soul? And there's been people who have been abducted or have had, you know, encounters with aliens. And they have stated that, you know, these aliens will ask them, you know, like, what is a soul? How did you get it? How do I get one? So if they're living among us and they're trying to blend in, I mean, they've, I, would, I suppose that they would want to learn from us and how to be human. So maybe this thing was that. And as far as like having the vision of, you know, seeing somebody choking, you know, several different people. Maybe that was him trying to take their souls. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ah. Because you want to get, you want to take your <clears the> soul. <throat> I mean, people, I mean, there's different, you know, people say, believe different things. Your soul leaves your body when you die. Other people believe that, you know, your soul can be, um, refurbished, mm-hmm. which is reincarnation. And you have like the Mormons who apparently believe that they can confiscate your soul. 
after you die. Yep. <clears throat> and use it for their own means. I forgot I heard about that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the soul apparently is a very powerful thing. We don't know. And aliens want it. Aliens want it. <laughs> I think the way they see it is, hey, if we got one, we'd <coughs> be God. Props to him for just, like, thinking, like, you know what? Let me just ask this girl what she thinks of me and see if I'm any closer to just having a soul. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's how they power the UFOs. Oh, with souls? It's like Mm -hmm. an energy? It's a sustainable energy source. It's not really sustainable if you run out of them. That's true. But there's so many of us. Would they run out of us? Um, I guess so. If we have the ability <laughs> to create more people and assume those people have souls too, they're farming. Don't know how those work. They're farming us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we are being farmed. Yeah, I mean, we bum, bum, bum. Time. They're probably eating us. Yeah, eating us. Whoa, whoa, and eating whoa. us. I mean, there's like, I mean, I don't know. I I personally don't know a whole lot, but I've read that there's, you know, people have encountered um well okay so like bigfoot the stories that i've heard about bigfoot a lot of the um um i don't know indigenous people like in alaska they have stories about bigfoot or a creature like bigfoot that was eating their people you know hundreds of years ago you know, they would get hunted down to be out there, you know, picking berries. Is Bigfoot an alien? I don't know. That's one, that's one of the, like, theories, theories that he is an alien. That he is an alien, and that's why we can't find him, because the dude knows how to, like, disappear in between dimensions. And Oh, yeah, I've heard he about gets, interdimensional. Know. Yeah, and that's why people try to get pictures of him, and that's why the pictures are always blurry, or the video's always blurry, because of where he exists isn't like part of our same plane and that's why we can't get he's like between planes yeah we can't get decent video or pictures i just thought that bigfoot was a big ape i didn't know if he had powers (laughs) i saw a documentary recently i would say in the last month or two where they found bigfoot out there in like uh, arizona and new mexico and navajo nation Mm-hmm. And I was like, say, what? That's not lives in Washington. Homie's <laughs> 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 supposed to be in the north. What's he doing down here? Yeah, what's he doing down here? That's the first I had ever heard of it. And the stories that the, that the, that the, the family and the Navajo family had told was, I mean, the woman opened the door to her trailer and was standing face to face with Bigfoot. Oh, no. God. And he was shocked. He had this shocked look like, oh shit, you opened the door. Well, I thought you said he was shot. And like, no, I was shot. like, they shot Bigfoot? No. <laughs> shot Bigfoot? Only in Arizona. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> no. He was, he, there, I mean, they both looked at, you know, the woman was looking at Bigfoot, and Bigfoot was looking at her, and they were both looking at each other very shocked. Bigfoot's like, we are both surprised to see each other. Exactly. That TikTok <laughs> audio, it's like, who are you? My name is Pam. Who are you? I'm the owner of his house. house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 
pretty sure it went down something like that. Went down exactly like that. And he was just like, who are you? <laughs> That's the actual audio recording of that event. <laughs> think about it. I mean, you know, the, the Navajos believe in the skinwalker. Yeah. So who's to say that their version of the skinwalker is our version of Bigfoot? Mm-hmm. What would you rate the Reddit story originally that I had told you about? Because we were not talking about Bigfoot. <laughs> this man was actually Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, I'd say a six. Okay. I can vibe with the six. I want more more juicy detail. What's your oh, rating? Oh, I got some with some juicy details. This is just the tip of the iceberg, homie. <laughs> just the tip. Just the tip. All right. Next story. All right. This one I know my mom's going to like. Okay. You're going to think it's terrifying. It's called Mimicking Voices from Cometify on True Scary Stories Reddit. It's very short. So I'll start off by saying I'm a Native American, so a lot of weird and creepy crap happens, but I'm going to start with the first one I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Great intro. Homie knew. (laughs) He knows. It was summer. I was about six or seven years old. I was running around with no shoes on in my grandma's yard. God, what a vibe. Anyway, as I was playing in the yard, I hear my grandma call my name from the woods, Comet. I stood there confused. I didn't see my grandma go into the woods, but she called again, Comet. I called back to her, Granny, where are you? She responds with my name again. I respond back, hold on, let me put on my shoes. I run inside to get my shoes on. As the door opens, I sit down, put them on. My grandma walks out of the kitchen and tells me lunch is almost ready. I stare at her and she notices and asks me what's wrong. I ask her if she was just in the woods. She shakes her head and I tell her she just called me from the woods. My grandma walks to the door as I say that, closes it, locks it, and she says to me, by far the creepiest thing for a kid to hear. If someone calls your name from the woods, never go to it. I said, okay, and she says, don't go back outside. I don't know what I heard that day, but since that day, I have heard my mom's voice, dad's, brothers, sisters, grandpas, aunts, uncles, friends. I have even heard my unborn cousin at the time. I don't know what does that, but I'm scared and will never go in the woods looking for it. Nice. His face. His face. <laughs> Yo. What did, he, what did he say? He didn't say what it was. He didn't say what it was, but some people did comment on it saying, like, have you ever heard of skinwalkers? And he was just like, yes. They did say, um, I know it wasn't a skinwalker. I asked my grandma one time if that's what it was in the woods. She said, no, it's not. I tried to ask her what it was, but she didn't respond. Whatever it was, it wasn't a skinwalker, which makes me wonder what it really was. Okay, so there's no answer for and then someone asked, like, how did you know the voice was your unborn cousin? He said, because two years before she was born, I heard a voice and I didn't recognize it. I always recognize it to the point, so I was confused. Well, seven or eight years later, she was across the yard and she yelled, Comet. I stopped and realized what I heard those many years ago. I didn't know what to say, but I couldn't sleep that night because I didn't know how that was even possible. So that's why he, that's how he heard his unborn cousin's voice. See, that used to happen to us on the farm. We'd hear, we'd hear, well, we still do that. You heard that this morning. You heard voice. Oh, I don't like this story anymore. (laughs) You failed to make that connection, huh? 
it's different when it's coming from the woods because I cannot go in the woods, but it came from inside my house and I am in the house. Yeah, I mean, that used, that used to happen to us a lot when we were growing up on the farm. Yeah. I remember one time my grandfather was, he had taken a job uh, to make some extra money driving um, a big truck to Clovis, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he was just hauling apples from Clovis back to um, back to Texas. And... Um, my grandmother was asleep and she had locked up the whole house and um, she heard like the big truck drive up. She didn't see lights. Mm-hmm. She just heard the truck and she thought, well, that's weird. I, come, I wonder why his lights are out. I wonder if something's wrong with his lights or is something wrong with the battery? Like what's going on? So she got up, unlocked the door so that he could come in and she went back to bed. And time goes by, and she doesn't hear my grandfather come in. And she's like, well, what's going on? So she decides, let me go check on him, see what's going on. And while she's putting on her robe and her slippers, because she's going to go outside and see where he's at, she swears that she hears him talking to one of his workmen outside. So she's like, oh, he's on his way into the house. So she takes off her robe and takes off her slippers, gets back into bed. Time goes by, he still doesn't come in. So she puts her slippers back on, puts her robe back on, and decides to go outside and go see where he's at. And she comes out of the house and she hears, she vividly hears the truck behind the house. So she decides, okay, I'm going to go find out what's going on. What's taking him so long to come into the house? It's late. So she walks around the whole house, and it's a huge property, walks around, 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 gets to the other side of the house, and she has a flashlight so she can see where she's walking. There's no truck back there. He's not there. And so she gets scared, and she hurries up and gets back into the house. She locks up the house, gets back into her room, but she doesn't take off her slippers or robe. She pulls out and she has a cigarette because she is just spooked. <laughs> that sounds like her. <laughs> she said, I need a cigarette. It goes back in the house. <laughs> yeah. The following morning, she gets my grandfather calls and says, oh, no, there is this huge uh, snowstorm. And I got stuck out here in, in Rio Doso. But I'll be I'll be there this this afternoon. And she was like, okay. So she always took it as, it was probably like a message from him saying that he wasn't going to be making it. That's what she used to tell herself. Well, that's what she told herself. So was the message you this morning to tell me to hurry up so we could go to our appointment? Possibly. I don't know, but I don't like it. <laughs> if it is a be... mimic, I'm just thinking like, how did it make a noise of like something mechanical? Right? Yeah. Because one thing she told me after the fact was, you know, I should have known or I should have realized that he wasn't here because I didn't see the truck lights. And it was a big, like, it was a big truck, not like a pickup truck. It was not a semi truck. I want to say like a little, like an old fashioned, like dump truck, maybe, because he was just hauling apples from Clovis, New Mexico. And bringing them back. That's what he's getting paid to do. Go get the apples, bring them back, deliver them, go back and pick up some more. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it was just to, you know, make some extra money. 
And she said, she goes, you know, the times that he's arrived, you know, after dark, the lights, you know, where he parks the truck behind the house, she goes, it lights up the whole house. You know, the, the lights come in through the windows and just brightens up the whole house. She goes, all I heard was the, the truck. I didn't see no lights. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for her to come back in and say, screw this shit, I'm having a cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she always smoked, but she never, <clears throat> she hid it from my grandfather. He she pretended was... to not know. <laughs> she said, he ain't here. So what's he going to do? <laughs> he ain't actually even here. <laughs> no, she needed a cigarette. I don't know. Was... If it's like that Claire audience thing, then maybe it just runs in our family. Mm-hmm. If she's heard shit, you've heard shit, and I'm hearing oh, shit. <laughs> we used to hear shit all the time. We'd be playing out by the canal, and we'd hear her calling our name. We'd be like, oh, shit. I remember times when I'd be at the canal and think you were calling me, and I'd come back, and you were just... I'd come back and be like, well, what the hell? And then I would just go back. Because yeah. <laughs> I never thought anything of it. I just thought you you actually ended up not needing anything and I just, but maybe it was one of those cases where you never actually did call me. Uh, this is on r slash paranormal. It was posted one year ago by user Emerald wine glass. Um, it's called, I was a skeptic until I spent a few nights in my wife's childhood home. For as long as I've known my wife, she's mentioned growing up in a haunted house. I always assumed she was joking because she always, brought it up in quite a lighthearted way and never went into much detail. It was a big old house and I figured she was talking about, it was a big old house and I figured she was talking about weird old house noises. The house belonged to her great aunt who raised my wife for most of her childhood. Her great aunt recently had passed away and her great aunt's daughter, who my wife calls her aunt, though technically she's her second cousin or something. I'll be referring to her as aunt now owns the house. After my wife's great aunt passes, we went to stay in the house for four nights to attend the funeral and spend time with my wife's family, as we live in another state now. When we got there, my wife and her aunt were chatting and mentioned that they thought my wife's great aunt might join the ghosts already haunting the house. I still didn't consider that they might be serious. Uh, Really, at this point, he's still questioning whether they believe in the house is haunted? It's because he's an unbeliever, sir. Like, he's in denial. He's like, oh, they don't actually believe in ghosts. And now he's actually there, and he's like, oh, no. (laughs) All right. So the first night we spent there, I woke up in the middle of the night and noticed someone standing in the corner of the room beside the door. Absolutely the fuck not. Ew, no. We had that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking it was my wife, I asked what she was doing. This woke up my wife, who was actually sleeping beside me, and I said I thought I saw someone in the room with us, but it must just be my eyes playing tricks on me. And she said, the person in the corner next to the door? Yeah, don't worry about it. Absolutely, I will worry about it, thank you. What the fuck? (laughs) She said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, he's there sometimes. The Holiday Inn is looking pretty good right about now. Can you imagine anybody I invite over here? And if they see some shit, I would just be like, yeah, that just kind of happens. Why? Maybe that's why we only, we like, don't have that many friends. <laughs> they come around, sense. ghosts. Who was it? My friend Kaya was here the other day. And she was like, oh, where's your bathroom? I was like, oh, it's in the bedroom. And she's like, isn't that where you 
where you keep the doll? And I was like, yeah. She's like, don't leave me. <laughs> don't leave me. <laughs> and if you throw away, you just rather just make your friend go bathroom somewhere else. No, she went in there's and used it. Bathroom. Oh. There also is a community bathroom, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a community bathroom right outside. He's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> she still has a place to go pee, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like she has to drive to the gas station down the street. <laughs> not in this weather. Not in this weather, though. <laughs> it's no. either pee with the haunted doll or in the snow. Yeah. One or the other. <laughs> All right. All right, keep going. Then? Um... <laughs> I almost pissed myself. I thought there was some creep in the room. <laughs> and my wife was too sleepy to process it. I grabbed my phone to call the police. But when my phone lit up the room, I saw that there was nobody there. I'm going to reread that. When I grabbed my phone to Paul the, to, to Paul. I grabbed my phone. <laughs> no. I haven't had a sip. That's why he's not drunk. Oh, you're right. Maybe you need to be drunk. Yeah, probably. I grabbed my phone to call the police, but when my phone lit up the room, I saw that no one was there. There wasn't even a weird shape that it could have mistaken for a person. And the door was closed, so it wasn't like there could have been someone who went in there and left the room moments while I was looking away. (sighs) My wife told me it was common to see shadowy people in the night, but I shouldn't worry because they don't do anything. She fell back asleep right after that, but I just laid there awake the whole night, wondering what the hell had just happened. The next morning, I asked my wife about it, and she said she wasn't kidding about the house being haunted. People who spend the night in the house regularly see and hear ghosts, but they never hurt anyone or cause any real problems. I remained skeptical even after the next night, which had been after the funeral, and my wife and aunt both reported... My wife and aunt... Your aunt was there too? Sure. My wife and aunt both reported they'd been visited in their dreams by my wife's great aunt. So far, in my mind, everything was weird but explainable. The figure in the room could have been a strange trick of the light. My wife and her aunt had just attended the funeral of her loved one, so it made sense for them both to dream about her. The third night. I was kept awake for hours by the constant sounds of footsteps and pacing around the house. My wife also heard them, but said it was normal and I shouldn't worry, and she just fell asleep easily. A few times during the night, I got up and looked around for the source of a noise. I even did a couple laps outside of the house in case there was someone there. I never saw anyone walking. At one point, I was in the lounge room and heard footsteps from the kitchen and called out to ask if anyone was there. My wife's aunt opened her bedroom door and said she could hear the footsteps too, and just like my wife, she told me it was normal and there was no cause for concern. And there was the sound of a drawer opening in the kitchen, which we both reacted to, and I went to check it and found the cutlery cutlery drawer had been opened. Absolutely not. This ghost's trying to grab a knife and they're telling you to calm down. Right. <laughs> standing in the corner of your bedroom walking around pacing and then grabbing a knife absolutely not uh-uh. okay my wife's aunt who'd come into the kitchen too simply closed the drawer commented with mild annoyance that the ghosts are always leaving things open and went back to bed leaving me <laughs> leaving me to my existential crisis <laughs> 
I could not come up with a way to explain to explain that away. We'd both heard the footsteps. We both heard the drawer at the same time, and there was no one there and no way out of the kitchen except past us. I tried staying on the couch to try to catch the mystery walker, but there was multiple times I heard the footsteps pass through the lounge room, but I never saw anything. I, same. Eventually, I gave up and went back to bed. Nothing really happened the final night, though we woke up to several cabinets being open and no one remembering leaving them open. Though that could have been explained by someone just forgetting or even sleepwalking. Even so, the footsteps still bothered me, and the shadowy person from the first night and the cabinets opening on the final night made me nervous in light of everything that happened on the third night. Up until now, I've always scoffed at the idea of the paranormal, but I just can't reconcile my experiences in that house with my skepticism. Talking to my wife's family revealed that everyone who stayed in the house believes it's haunted, because they've had at least one completely unexplainable experience. They all reported that the ghosts leave people alone for the most part, though some who lived there for a long time as children, including my wife and her aunt, have described meeting people they thought were probably ghosts and having positive but strange interactions with them. That's it. Okay. So we don't know where this took place. We don't know how old the house is. We don't know who these dead people could No. Mm-mm. Most people on these forums keep themselves pretty private. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. Except for comment. Yeah, you know, I've stayed in different, I mean, I'm pretty old. So I've stayed in people's houses, you know, um, growing up and, you know, just around. And I mean, we can say for sure. Yeah. I've always heard foot, you know, footsteps in other people's houses. And I always think, okay, well. It's someone I don't know or haven't met. Or haven't met. Open the door, nothing's there. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me at other people's houses, but I don't know if they're haunted. I just, I just, I don't know. Residual. In 2003, I had met a guy that said he would take me on adventures and make my life exciting. Little did I know that the safe world I had grown up with was about to get shattered. I lived in a small town. I'd never really traveled outside of my state. Never experienced life in a way that others would. We were kind of sheltered from the big crime and other things that have been happening over the countryside. So my now ex decided to take me on a journey of being an over-the-road truck driver. In a lot of the cases, this was a great experience. There were a lot of fun times, and I got to see most of the U.S., but trucking life is hard, and being on the road 24-7 isn't easy. Being cooped up in a small truck with someone for that long will cause anybody to become mad. Life on the road is much different now than it was when I was trucking. People now have advancement in technology and the ability to binge watch your favorite YouTube channel, surf the web, or play games on your phone to keep yourself occupied. The only forms of entertainment we had was either watching one of the dozen or so DVDs, reading yet another book, or talking on the radio. We often opted for talking on the radio, and this became our version of social media, long before Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just like we do now, we create a different identity or persona to hide behind while interacting with people who are basically strangers. And trust me, truckers can be creepy as fuck, and keeping a bit of anonymity was the only way to stay safe on the road. When you're a trucker, you acquire a CB handle. My ex's was Ninja Dwarf, and mine was Northern Exposure. During the time on the road, you meet a lot of crazy people and you see a ton of crazy shit. And I do mean a ton of crazy shit. 
People often hear about stories of things that happen on the road. Most of them are more gross than scary. You know, like drivers getting a little too friendly with their cabin buddy, whether it be a dog, cat, or even a goat. But this time was one of the most terrifying experiences I had in my life when it comes to strange and unusual events. Are we just brushing over the bestiality that was just casually thrown in there? Did you not know about that? (laughs) No! That's disgusting! Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever gotten the heebie-jeebies from someone's voice, like flat-out scared to talk to someone? A voice that makes you think that the person on the other line is not all there. That was this one guy. Something about him just made my skin crawl, and I'd only ever heard his voice through the crackle of the CB radio. The CB started to crackle, and we heard the distant call. You could barely hear a voice through the static, but eventually he got close enough we could hear him clearly. He must have been 50 miles or so behind us because it was still faint, but our CB radio was peaked and tweaked and could really reach out and touch someone. So we could just hear him through the chatter. And then I heard it, that voice. It's hard to explain, but the best way I can now describe it would be how Heath Ledger talks as Joker in the Batman movie. There was something just off about it, and it gave me the chills. He simply said there, hey there, Purple Pete, the color of our truck, where are you headed? My ex hollered back we were heading to Arkansas. The driver said he was going the same way and asked if he could tag along with us and introduced himself as Maniac. We would run from one coast to the other and back again. The guy always seemed to be running the same route as us, but we never physically seen his truck. He described it as a 378 long-nosed Peterbilt that was black and had a brown cattle guard. According to him, he ran dry box from California to Florida which explained why he always seemed to be either coming or going on the I-10. One week, we were running from Florida back to L.A., and we caught up to him on his back truck from Redmond, Washington, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He told us he would meet us in Nevada when we did our trip back, because by that time, we would have ran over hours and needed to take a rest. We said sure. My ex had become friends with him, so we gave him an ETA on when we would be back in the area and what truck stop we would be at and told him we would meet him for a meal. This was all before the idea of having a cell phone for anything other than emergencies, so it wasn't like we could just call him when we were going to be in the area. He agreed and we parted ways. My ex continued talking to him until the radios would no longer reach. We finished our load, and we were heading back to Las Vegas to the truck stop we agreed on and waited. Las Vegas is a shady place for truckers in general. Lots of crime and bad stuff happened, so we waited in the truck. Finally, we got bored and ventured into the truck stop for a bit. We waited and waited and eventually killed enough time where we could take another load, so we headed out, never actually meeting up with him in Nevada. But a few months later, we ran into him in Oklahoma. We heard some chatter on the radio about these lot lizards, which are truck stop hookers, getting brutally murdered at truck stops in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Tennessee. But we chalked it up to drama on the radio. After all, we we had quite literally nothing better to do than to make up truck driver stories. We kept hearing about it and even brought it up to Maniac, and he just laughed and said it must be one real sick fuck doing it. It must just be a story because if it was true, they would have caught him already. I bet he has even left fingerprints or semen at the crime scene with as bloody and messy as it was. I bet he wants to get caught. Seems like a weird thing to say, but he was a very weird guy, so that was totally in character for him. Maniac went on his way and we went on ours. After a while, I forgot about the weird comment. Fast forward to a few weeks later, we were in Mississippi, and we hear a familiar voice on the radio, and it was Maniac. We had taken a long weekend because it was Labor Day, and most companies were okay with drivers taking an extra day off. Our plan was to make it to this lake out in the middle of nowhere. We were going to drop our trailer and head out to Bobtail. 
So we chatted and he said he was headed to Tennessee and that he would be heading out the next morning. And so cutting our much needed break short when bypassing the weekend at Lake, my ex decided to run with him so that there was someone to talk to. We had gotten into an argument earlier and I wasn't talking to him and he hated the silent treatment. Our load was to deliver in North Carolina in a few days, so being a few hours ahead of the deadline just meant we would be at the top of the line to pick our load back. Win-win. We left that morning and headed out, and the guys decided we would stop in Tennessee and finally, after about six months of chatting, meet each other. We weren't afraid to meet with him, but I was still very on edge. I was no slouch. I grew up with 15 boys in the house, and I was a known fighter. My ex was a bigger dude, standing at 6'3 and 280 pounds, so in theory, we could take him if need be. The only way we would could get the best of the only way he could get the best of us is if he had a weapon, which back then was highly illegal to have in the trucks. And if you were caught by DOT, it was jail time, no questions asked. With our company, we had very specific fuel stations we could use to top off. Maniac was an owner operator, so he could go anywhere. Maniac said he'd already stopped to get fuel and took a shower, but he would drop his trailer and meet us at Flying J. That was down the road from where he was, which I believe he was a Love's fuel station. So he, a Love's. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Love's yes. are good. Yes. Love's are good. Those are good. Anyway, um, <coughs> he's fucking <laughs> So we get ready to fuel up and we showered and got a booth at the restaurant. We waited 45 minutes before ordering food and waited and waited. No one ever showed up and there was no way to contact him. My ex was not a patient man, so we ate and then headed back to our truck. I remember it being dark and humid. It was probably 10 p.m. or so. There wasn't much for noise in the truck stop, which was unnerving. A quiet truck stop is a creepy truck stop. We walked across the fuel island to be greeted by a shit ton of flashing lights. It's not uncommon for either lizards to get busted or drivers to get involved in shit they are not supposed to, so we didn't think much of it. Cops in a truck stop go hand in hand, but this was more than just your typical truck stop shenanigans. We passed 12 trucks or so. This was one of the bigger flying J's, so it could probably fit about 80 truck and trailers if you went all the way back to the dirt. And then you could Tetris a dozen or so trucks in the dirt lot, which could be where our truck was. I'm a curvy girl, but not fat, and I don't like and I don't look like I belong in a truck stop. I was used to drivers looking at me all creepy like. I always got taunted and harassed for being a lot lizard, even though I was a driver. In fact, there are some truck stops that are not safe to walk in alone. I was walking with my ex, and we weren't holding hands or anything, but it was obvious I was with him. We walked down the road and saw a bobtail truck parked in a full parking lot. I thought it was weird he was in a truck space with no trailer. Typically, bobtail trucks will park at the end of a run and leave the big spaces for trucks with trailers because that was, again, another unspoken truck driver rule. We moved by the bobtail truck, and it was a dark truck, maybe a dark black or blue, with a cattle guard and a brow. I don't remember seeing what type of truck it was, just that it was kind of menacing in the dark. Old school trucker code was if you were looking for company, the driver would park and leave his reading light, reading red light on to tell Lot Lizard that the driver was looking for entertainment. The, drive, the guy was sitting in the passenger seat. He had the red heading light on so I could see his face. It was a little distorted, but he gave me the creepiest smile and then quickly shut his blinds. We were about six trucks down from the bobtail. I could see his truck from ours, and I remember looking back and seeing the red light still illuminating the porthole window in the passenger door, and a small slit down the curtain showed a dark spot. He was still watching us. Even with as warm as it was, chill shot up my spine, and I got a very uneasy feeling. My gut retched with a sudden feeling of dread. We finally got back to the truck and turned on the CB for our night entertainment to see if we could radio Maniac to see what the deal was. 
The chatter was that all the cops and the ambulance fire truck and DOT. All the commotion was basically across from us, but two rows up. People were saying that there was a dead lot lizard and that it was bad, like gnarly. One driver started trying to explain it, but he was then told that he had to keep his mouth shut by a police officer. Being the nosy people we are, my ex and I jump off the truck to go investigate. We dodged in and out of the trucks and managed to wig our way up to the scene. <clears throat> you know when you hear the phrase, some things cannot be unseen, this was one of them. The lady, what was left of her, had been tied to the trailer and the truck. Then someone pulled the kingpin that pieced the locks two together and let down the landing gear. The driver, who was now sitting in the back of a police car, cuffed his head hung lip with his forehead on the back of the seat. He was crying big, heavy sobs, and there was vomit on his shirt. We could hear him through the closed door wailing that he had nothing to do with it and praying to God to be forgiven for what he had done. That poor driver had obviously not done his safety check before he left and just decided to pull out of his space while she was attached. She got ripped apart right in half. Without getting too graphic, I can tell you that a normal human body should never look like that. It was like a scene from Saul. I remember stumbling back and bumping into another driver. He just looked at me pale and looked as if he was going to be sick. I was almost running back, zero fucks given that I should have waited for my ex because he had the keys. I made it to the truck and tugged on the door, but it wouldn't open. So I ran to the truck stop, full speed. I was going to get sick, and I would rather not have people see me. I passed the spot where the bobtail truck was parked, and it was gone. My ex made it into the truck stop looking for me, and he said he would walk me right back to the truck so I could get some sleep, like I could sleep after seeing that. He turned on the radio and began to talk to the other drivers. No one had seen anything. There hadn't even been much lizard traffic. The police had been working overtime cleaning up the truck stops after they had caught wind of the first few murders. I sat in the bunk and just kind of stared at the top of windshield, the flashing lights. There was a tap on the door. A police officer said he was getting statements from everyone in the truck stop, giving us the rundown about safety and numbers and to not go anywhere alone. I told him about the creepy guy that smiled at me in the bobtail truck and the description of it. The officer didn't see the point of me telling him about the creepy guy, but he took down the information anyway. I don't think I slept for days after that. I just kept seeing that image, flashes going through my head. Then the smell, like rotted meat and blood made my stomach queasy just thinking about it. It didn't seem to phase my ex. He went on like it wasn't anything big or special. After a few weeks, I finally managed to get the image out of my head. Either way, I was glad the time being having it out. Fast forward and it was February. About three months after the incident, we were heading to New Orleans. I was super excited to see the area and hopefully get in to see Mardi Gras. I wanted to visit the cemeteries, the, mausole the mausoleums, and in voodoo shops. We had a few extra hours to spend there, so I was happy when my ex said we could go wandering around. We parked at this little truck stop. It was the one that didn't show up on the big brand McNally maps we were told about by another driver. It really wasn't more than a hole in the wall mom and pop shop, with a small dirt lot and a flickering light pole on one end. <clears throat> but it was within walking distance of the French Quarter, which was where I wanted to go. Hey there, Purple Pete, what brings you out this way? The voice on the CB was loud, so he was really, really close. There was only two other trucks in the lot, an old Freightliner hauling a swift trailer and a dark green Kenworth that had a cattle car on the back hauling cows. My ex was still a bit miffed about being stood up for months ago. He could really hold a grudge when he wanted to. Maniac, where the hell have you been? Why did you stand us up there? Oh, you know how it is. Cops make me a bit uneasy and I'd rather not get caught, he said with a chuckle. Caught? What do you mean, caught? Don't worry about it. Just keep an eye on your girl. I'd really hate for something bad to happen to her like all the other girls he trailed off. <laughs> I 
We watched the CV key up again, burying the needle on the radio. The signal hide had to be in the same fucking truck stop. The ping was so high. He was keyed up, but just kind of breathing in the mic. You know, with all the bad things I've been doing in the truck stops, I like to play with the lizards before I torture them and destroy them, like hand those nasty sluts. They shouldn't be defiling themselves with the drugs and the sex like they do. It sounded like he was talking through gritted teeth. His voice was even louder this time. We could hear the rumble of a truck heading down the Willen Waste Street that ended in the truck shop. Oh my God, and the devil himself can judge me for my sins. I will continue to rid this world of the diseased ones that plague humanity. We looked at each other. This was the one time I had ever seen anything like fear in my ex's eyes. Tears began to well up, and for the first time, I was scared, like truly scared. A dust cloud came rolling up in the truck stop, and this dark, black, menacing Peter built with a cattle guard and brow came rolling by slowly. The driver keyed up just as he went past the nose of the truck. It was the same creepy guy from the truck stop months ago. He smiled that disgusting smile at us, and he put the mic to his lips. Be safe out there, Ninja Dwarf and Northern Exposure. His CB handle was pinstriped on his driver door, and it said Maniac in bright red letters. In April of 2004, we headed back to Alaska because my ex's father had a massive heart attack. We stayed there for a while before heading back on the road. As far as I know, there were seven total murders. There could have been more. Who knows how long he had actually been ridding the world of its sins. I don't know if the guy was ever caught. I can tell you one thing, though. The second time around, I wasn't making friends with anyone on the road, and I always kept a six-inch blade on me at all times, just in case I ever ran into Maniac. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Also, how did they just not put that together? Like, the the ominous truck that she saw had the cattle guard and looked exactly how the man described what his truck looked like. I think he lied about the color. Oh. From what she said, I think he lied about the color. Oh, he said so. Brown it had everything, or right? but the color wasn't like right. I don't know. And he has the on the side of his car, ampersands maniac. Ampersands ampersands maniac. hashtag. <laughs> there is there is a theory about how a lot of a lot of serial. Murders are just truck drivers. Are just truck drivers, or like old timey, were like train people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unsolved murders are just truck drivers. Yeah, I didn't have time to look and see if I could find like an actual article or case on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't gone that much. The story is kind of new; like they just published it. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting for somebody else to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> make a pin drop on it and it's say early, early 2000s yeah so this there wouldn't be any articles or if they, i'd have to dig there would for be it articles, but have to i'd have to dig that's what i mean like i can't find anything right now and if he was caught then maybe no never yes. never going to what did you call a loves never going there not a pee, really. if you gotta pee you gotta go okay <laughs> next story i'm so fucking over <laughs> truck stops <laughs> So this story was posted on r slash let's not meet three months ago by big hair don't care. It's titled random man at my door. This happened about 15 years ago. I was 21 years old living in my very first apartment. It was a small bachelor in a sketchy area. I grew up in a town that was known to be rough and tough. I knew how to handle myself and learned at a young age to keep my head down and not go looking for trouble. My apartment building was behind a bar. 
a lot of the customers of the bar would stand outside to smoke. And when they stood outside to smoke, they would be looking at my apartment. Most of the people who were out there smoking kept to themselves. A few would nod and say hello if I passed by. Never any issues. Until one evening. One evening, I came home from work, passed the bar, and saw this extremely tall man smoking outside. As I passed, he stared at me. I gave him a slight nod, but he didn't acknowledge me. He just continued to stare. It made me uncomfortable, but I didn't think much of it. About an hour later, I hear a knock on my door. It was odd because you have to buzz people into the building. The building only had eight units, and I didn't really know any of the neighbors. I froze because I didn't really want to talk to anybody, but the knocking continued. I finally shouted, who is it? But there was no response. I shouted again, who's there? And the voice said, it's Tom. I didn't know anyone named Tom, so I shouted back, I don't know anyone named Tom. You must have the wrong apartment. And the voice said, you may not know me, but I know you. Open up so we can talk. No. (laughs) I went over to the peephole, and it was the tall dude from the bar. I loudly said, fuck off, or I'm calling the cops. I heard his footsteps walk away and heard the building door open and then close. He was gone, or so I thought. A few minutes later, I peeked out the window, and he was standing in the parking lot. He seemed to be talking to himself. At this point, I'm freaking out. I called my landlord, who lived in the building next to me, and he told me to call the police, and that in the meantime, him and his brother would come check things out. I call the police and tell them what's going on. They said a car is on the way. Meanwhile, my landlord and his brother make their way to the parking lot. I watched out my window and see them approach the tall man. The tall dude takes one step at what <laughs> the tall dude takes one look at them and bolts. My landlord said his brother tried to chase him, but the tall dude got away. About five minutes later, the police arrive. I give my version of events and also a description of the man. The officer stares at me and says, We've had reports of a man matching that description who has been sexually assaulting women. Thank God you didn't open that door. A few days later, I got a call from the officer. He told me that part of their investigation was talking to the owner of the bar. The owner called the police when the tall dude reappeared after a few days, and the police responded and arrested him. So, tall creepy dude from the bar, it was a close call, and I sincerely hope I never see you again. That's terrifying. The fact that that also happens more frequently than people realize, even more terrifying. I saw this one um, ring doorbell camera footage no it was from the inside this woman who ordered doordash and this guy kept trying to like get in the house to give it to her and she was like no just like leave it and i'll take it and then he started like kicking at the door trying to get in and she was on the phone with doordash um like support (laughs) like because the guy was just being weird before he got like all violent and stuff and then the doordash support i guess called the police for her and like they got the man arrested. Like, why, like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know why you even fuck with DoorDash. I wouldn't fuck with DoorDash. The fuck is DoorDash going to do for me? Yeah. Oh, here, we'll reimburse you for this traumatic experience. Like, he's okay. still at my door. He's still at my door. <laughs> still trying to knock it, knock it down. Mm-hmm. I'd call the cops. And then I'd call DoorDash after the incident. Yeah. Hey, you know what? By the way, this happened. Give me that refund. Give me a refund. And 20 credit. And some credit. <laughs> I was about to say we had (laughs) 
we don't have a creepy encounter, but we have a conspiracy to tell you about from okay. our DoorDash lady. I wasn't home at the time. Okay. But my mom was, so you can tell that story. <laughs> oh, I, I have to watch the video again. Oh, I remember vividly. Never mind. Video? Yeah. Okay, so know. I'm at school, and my mom, I'm pretty sure I told you about it because this happened I last year. Video. Yeah, and I think I sent it to Wyatt. Okay. Did you post it on TikTok? No. Yeah, I did post it to TikTok. You did? Something about the yeah. eating babies, right? No, not really. Nobody really said anything. Oh. I repost it, maybe. Anyway, this woman is delivering their food. I think they order Buffalo Wild Wings. Unimportant. But she's delivering the food, and she's on the phone. And she goes, and she puts it down, and she, like, takes her picture. And as she's doing this, she's talking about it. She's like, yeah, da like, fast food. I don't really eat fast food, you know? And she's like, and I hate McDonald's. And now we're like, okay, why does she why does she hate McDonald's? Like, you know, I know it's bad for you, but it's the good. Doorbell picked up the whole the whole conversation. She goes, yeah, I don't eat I don't eat McDonald's because you know their hamburger meat is um children. And then she just stops talking. And then like, no, I'm serious. She goes, no, I'm serious. Have you not heard about that? The McDonald's meat is made out of uh, dead babies. Yep. Yep. Of course. It and is. she just. She keeps carrying on this conversation as she walks away from our door. And she's just like, yeah, well, like, that's why I hate McDonald's, because it's baby meat. And she just walks away. Yeah, I remember so this. McDonald's, yeah, so McDonald's is baby meat, according to one of our DoorDash delivery people. Mm-hmm. As she was delivering Buffalo Wild Wings, I kind of wish we could have asked her what her thoughts on Buffalo Wild Wings were. Okay, Aleha, lay your next story on me. About truck stops. Oh my we god. Review trucks. <laughs> He's gonna have an anger. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is that neither of us have lived the life of a trucker, really. We've just been to a lot of truck stops for no reason. To pee. To, to pee. pee. <laughs> the most important reasons, to be fair, but. always <laughs> pee. Wait, that, which one was your favorite story? I think we should do that to wrap. The, I guess technically it wasn't one of the stories, but um, your uh, your mom's story about the, the phantom truck. Yeah. The phantom truck. Oh, okay. My favorite was the, the first one you read, the short one, about the guy. Like, uh, the creepy the, the guy? kid uh, hearing his voice. Oh. The his voice, and the, that was good. So we should just title this episode um, Truck Stops and Mimics. <laughs> Let's just go balls to the wall. Truck stops. Uh, uh, truck stop culture. Um, murder. McDonald's chicken nuggets made out of babies. That's that the title. Will get you. you know what? You should do that. Don't put any. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Put the title as just McDonald's hamburgers made out of babies? Question mark. And let them figure out what this episode. And then we're gonna get sued by McDonald's. <laughs> or sponsored. You never know. Okay, well, that was one year of Something's on the Closet podcast, y'all. Yes, congratulations, you guys. Congratulations. I didn't think you'd make it this far.
Damn. <laughs> Thought you would get bored of it after a month. Truck stops is definitely going to be in this title, guys. Let me know what it is. Um, buy our merch. Aleha, I want it on a tote bag and a beanie. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's that's it. We'll see you in the next one for season two.